We use the same metrics that traditional that you know anyone doing B two B marketing, not using account based marketing, uses. We just look at them through the lens of our target accounts. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast series, especially on Tuesdays. If you're listening in, this is the fourth and unfortunately the final episode in this series. So I'm kind of sad. But Megan French, who is the founder of Lotus Growth, they're all about demand, revenue, ABM. She's doing a phenomenal series. So Megan, as we conclude this series, share with us what is this series about and who you are interviewing for this one. Yeah. So today's interview is with Lee Allen of Model N. The reason why I reached out to Lee was because they are a larger company. They sell into life sciences and pharmaceutical companies, which, as you know, are huge enterprises. And what I was really interested in is how do you use ABM to sell into enterprises and to coordinate all your go-to-market teams? And so how do you use it to sell into complex sales cycles. And what's really interesting about this interview was how you can, you know, you're leading the ABM effort from marketing, but how it can really be sort of a sales outreach and sales first strategy and how you can coordinate all those go-to-market teams to really have one-to-one interactions with your target accounts. Um, And so I think those are some of the ideas that were really explored here. And then also Lee has a really strong operational background. And so it's like, how do you operationalize all of these strategies and tactics into something that's repeatable? That is fantastic. And Megan, since this is the last episode, again, thank you so much for running this series. I know it takes a lot of time and effort. Before we jump into this, this interview that you have with Leah, a little bit more about yourself and the organization you run. Yeah. So Lotus Growth is a demand, revenue, and ABM organization, we help companies uh, with a lot of things like developing their ABM programs and a lot of these things that we, topics that we talked about in this interview series, aligning your teams, developing a go-to-market strategy, and then also things like campaign orchestration and just getting things out the door, right? So a lot of teams are, are struggling with the strategy and execution and really reaching their target market. So that's what Lotus Growth helps with is, is really helping teams be more efficient around reaching their their B2B target markets. And it's it's just like such fun work for me. So, and it was also just like so wonderful to talk to all these marketing leaders to see how they're doing it too, right? So. Well, I'll tell you this, if you want to continue doing any series like this in the in the future, the Flip My Funnel podcast doors are open yeah. for you all along. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much okay. for pouring into the community and sharing incredible lessons with them on this idea. Of thank you so much. Yeah, so good. Hi, Lee. Welcome to the show. Hi. It's great to be here. Yeah. All right. So it's good to talk to you today. Can you give me a quick overview of your role at Model N and then who Model N's customers are? Sure, absolutely. So I lead the marketing organization at Model N. 
our customers are large companies, large enterprises in primarily the life sciences and high-tech verticals. Mm -hmm. um, all of them have complex selling processes, and what ModelN does is help them gain control over and the visibility into how they manage their revenue so that they can, as we describe it, know and grow their true top line and then therefore maximize every revenue moment. That's interesting. And in that industry, what are some of the biggest challenges for companies? Because I know like digital transformation is a huge challenge for lots of enterprise companies. Is that something you see frequently with your customer base? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are working with our existing customers as they transform their operations to move them specifically into the cloud. Mm -hmm. so Model N is a mission-critical application. It connects between the ERP system and the CRM system at these, at these really big organizations. So as they think about, for example, moving their SAP instance, either operating it or moving it um, to a cloud environment, then Model N is connected in there too. And you know, we're, we're definitely part of that conversation of how to transform. And like, if you think about, for example, our, well, both sides of the business, life sciences and high tech, if you think about the compliance issues that they have, yeah. either regulatory compliance, especially on the life sciences side, or um, contract compliance on, on both counts, you know, our high tech companies are the, they're the contracts that were agreed to being executed on um, for the, the original terms managing all of that with systems that are not fully kept up to date is, is really hard. You know, first of all, it's hard without a system in place. And then if you have a system that is four or five years old, if you have an on-premise solution, yeah. um, that is that, that becomes increasingly hard, especially as regulatory environments um, change both for life sciences and high tech, yeah. um, depending on what's going on with the, you know, the government. So, you know, helping our customers move into modern the modern SaaS platform, which is what we what we have and offer now, is is really critical for helping them with their their business needs and right. um, making sure that they're compliant. Interesting. And so you have a background in marketing operations. How does that enable you to design better ABM programs? Yeah, that that background was was really helpful. I mean, I think of it as as where I. Really, it's really where I learned how to do account-based marketing uh -huh. and how I developed my philosophy on uh, ABM can really help you to be marketing organizations and how, how specifically to implement it um, across the board. And, you know, I think when you when you think about uh, ABM, it's, it is both a very strategic approach as well as a very operational approach. So as soon as you sort of say, okay, Account-based marketing is how we want to go. We know that we want to let we have a limited universe of accounts. We're going to be our next best customers. We are going to focus on those accounts. We're going to get agreement across marketing and sales. And how you actually implement that and what you do to make that happen is very operational. So being hands-on with implementing ABM programs in an operational role was was really important for me in terms of of learning how to how to do it well and. Um, learning what works and what doesn't work, and um, and really sort of building my again that, that philosophy that I have about about ABM. 
Yeah, and can you dive into just what are some of the operational challenges that you see um, with companies you've worked with? Because I see that a lot with my client base, that a lot of times the limitations are not strategic, they're operational, and you really need tight operations if you're going to run ABM programs efficiently. Can you talk about some of those challenges that you see? Yeah, absolutely. So so getting uh, account-based marketing up and running, first and foremost, is building your target account list. So figuring out who are the accounts who are going to be our next best customers, and then getting all of the right people all doing the contract acquisition at those, at those companies. So your database in an ideal ABM world should be filled with your, your A accounts and your B accounts, and then all the important people you need to you need to either um, directly engage with or influence and make sure that you're, you're targeting should all be in that database. That's the ideal world. But getting there is, is often tricky. I mean, I can tell you about our experience here at Model N. So the way we're organized, as I mentioned, we have these two key verticals, life sciences and high tech. Um, on the, uh, so, and, and those are very, very different markets. So even from the, the first starting point of how do we build our target account list, where do we start to get that data? We had to we, we had to go in a few different directions. It wasn't clear. We had to use a couple of different tools to get the right data to even build that first foundation. So I think that I mean my my advice for starting out with ABM is that's where you start is, is building your target account list. And now you know for some companies that you know it, it can be as simple as Okay, marketing and sales sit down together and they decide, all right, we're going to just, you know, we're, we're going to target these 5,000 companies. You know, right. it's going to be a pretty broad stroke for now, and this is where we're going to start, and we're going to see what kind of success that we have. Since Model M has, has had, we, we have figured out, you know, it, I'm lucky in that sense, we, we've had the experience of having success in particular industries, in particular target markets. We, our, our challenge was more to refine and really get down to that next level of granular detail. But that, I mean, that's for sure an operations challenge. And it, it, it is, you know, what I find super interesting about ABM too is it's that combination of operations and strategic at the same time for being very strategic because you're deciding who are the accounts that we're, we're going to go after. And then that, that really then should, in, in the ABM world and, and does for us, then define everything that you do. The events that you go to, the, the tactics that you use, you know, who you're going after. But then you're also dealing with the data challenge of, okay, where do we get the best accounts? And who, how do we get the contact acquisition and all of those contacts in there at the same time? And I think that that, that initial piece of data collection can be, can be pretty tricky. Yeah. No, that is, that is really interesting. I think that's the wonderful thing about ABM is that you can get more specific and granular with it. But especially when you're selling into enterprise, that data piece and the specificity around the data is so important. Can you talk about maybe some of the challenges of selling to really huge enterprises? I know that that's something that, that my clients um, see a lot and how you would develop an ABM strategy to sell into those larger accounts. Yeah, absolutely. We sell to, we sell to really large enterprises here and account-based marketing is is the way that we do it. I mean, you can, there, there are different ways of defining ABM. You know, I think what I've been talking about is the uh, sort of fundamental, fundamentally we do account-based marketing. We decide on our target account list. We tier it A, B, and C. We focus all of our high-value programs on tier A and B accounts. Those are assigned to sales reps. It's a really close partnership with sales, which we can also talk about. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then we 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 go to market jointly to to bring in those A and B accounts to be our next best offer. C accounts we also market to in our mass communications. We include them in our email campaigns, for example, because it doesn't cost us anything more to do that, and they can be you know and 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 if they show a lot of engagement, we'll we'll talk to them as well. But that's so that's the type of account based marketing that I've been describing. There is also the brand of ABM where you you. You can talk about it to me, and we're going to select a handful of accounts, and we're really going to surround them and try to get them and, and really focus on them to get them to bring them them in. And now I, I will say we do we do kind of a combination actually of those two here at Model N. So we do that fundamental approach where we have the the tiered account list, and we go after those jointly across marketing and sales. And then we also every week select a few accounts. To really focus on in a partnership between the account executives on the sales side and the business development team, and they they have partnerships. The BDR and the AE have a really close partnership, and they meet every week to say, okay, who are the two, three, four accounts we're going to focus on this week? And then what that means is both of those people then go out on all of their channels and try to engage all of the key stakeholders. While we're also supporting them for giving them their cover and supporting them from a marketing perspective, they're even taking it deeper to say, okay, I'm going to do social selling. I'm going to reach out to all of these people on LinkedIn. I'm going to go to their website and read their their 10K, under, see what their press releases say, what's been going on with them recently, and, and make a really informed outreach plan so that they can engage those key stakeholders in a much more meaningful way. And now if you know we we look at eleven personas at our target accounts. So there are a lot of different people to reach out to. And when you think about sitting down for a week and being able to do that really well, you really can only do that well for a couple of accounts where you do the outreach and then you're doing the ongoing follow-up afterwards. Right. Uh, so yeah, so from a from, from like a really large enterprise ABM perspective. That's how that's how I think about it. Kind of those two tiers of the really deep with the VDR and AEs, and then also a supporting tiered ABM from the marketing side too. That's really interesting. So yeah, and that's something that I've noticed as well is the movement towards like one-to-one interaction at accounts. Um, and so that's interesting to hear some of the strategies and tactics that your business development team is using. Do you also do like road shows or events or dinners for specific accounts? Do you have any other tactics that you would recommend when reaching, like going really deep into an account? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, there, are, there are sort of a series of steps that I would take. I mean, when it comes to Events. Let's talk about trade shows first. You know, we we define our participation in trade shows based on our target account list. So we get, you know, whatever we can from the the, the company putting on the trade show. Who are the companies who have attended before? Do you have a pre-reg list that we can look at? Um, and then we map it with our target account list. And if we just did this earlier today, to, uh, that's one of the events that we were looking at. And there were only six target accounts who were going to be there. And so we decided that it wasn't worth it for us to invest. Um, so that, from a, a, an event perspective, we make sure we're only going to the places where our target accounts are going to be. Then when you think about more of us putting on events and doing a roadshow or, or engaging our, our accounts, we, we are looking at some programs where we will choose a city and go to that city where there are several of our target accounts and we'll do a really, uh, a, 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 we're going to do a really 
focused effort on a few accounts and, and try to set up as many meetings that we're still forming exactly what it's going to look like, maybe a, a drink or maybe a lunch, I'm not sure what form it will take yet, then being able to say, okay, these there are five tier A accounts in the Chicago area, say, for example, right. and there's this AE who owns them. We go with that AE to that area and we try to get those folks together and really uh, especially if they have been engaging with us. And that's sort of how we'll start it actually is where we'll get a meeting with one of them and then we'll say, okay, that location looks like it's going to be good for us. There are these other tier A accounts there. Let's collect it all together. And around that meeting that we already have scheduled, let's try and build some more, um, some more momentum and do some in-person, in-person work with them. The, the other area that I think is really good once you're starting to get engagement is to do direct mail. That can be a really impactful area. You may have heard this from other folks too, but yeah, once you're getting engagement to do then a direct mail, you follow up and get that deeper engagement with the account. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, because these days the tech is so good in terms of engagement and there really are a multitude of strategies and tactics that you can use to penetrate target accounts. But you know, it's just about developing that strategy and focusing on, you know, the most impactful things you could be doing. So it's it's really interesting to hear about how you are forming all of these strategies. And so you talked a little bit about sort of working cross-functionally. Can you talk a little bit about how you, um, obviously you have a lot of stakeholders in this process as you're developing the strategy. Can you talk a little bit about how you um, get all your business units on board and how you're deploying this strategy across your organization? Mm -hmm. Sure. So our, our most important partner in this is the sales organization. So the the idea, and I think you know, one of the most powerful things about account-based marketing is that it brings marketing and sales together on the same page. And so instead of having sort of a um, you know back and forth relationship where you're signing over leads and they're sending back leads and uh, you know, you're really aligned to the same goals. Like these are the these are the accounts that we want, and so how are we going to get them? Go and get them together. So it really brings those organizations together. So how? So the way that the way that we partnered across marketing and sales was uh, we we actually have two sales groups. One focused on life sciences and one focused on high tech. So I worked with the the leader of each of those teams to build that first target account list and that was really the core of where where we did the most of our ABM work together to agree on what the target accounts and, and what the A and B rankings were and then to make sure that they were assigned to the right account executives on their teams. Part of that process was also um, to include the we have general managers of those businesses of high tech and of life sciences. They were involved to make sure that, that we were targeting the right accounts. We also have a head of corporate strategy at the company, and he was involved as well to make sure that we were that we were all on the same page with the strategic direction for the company, so so that we were aligned there. And from there, you know that that I think was the hardest part functionally is really getting full alignment across those those accounts. And, and then we have since then been leveraging all of that data work together. Right. And how, when you were beginning your sort of ABM journey, how did you sell that internally as a better strategy, especially if you were 
just beginning with it? Did you use data or how did you begin those conversations with your sales leaders? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, so for us, we're lucky that, that ABM has been around long enough that the people here were as familiar with the term and knew that it was probably a good idea for model and marketing to do that because we have this very targeted sales strategy already. And so it would make sense for marketing to be very account focused. So, so there was some awareness about it already. I think, but it, it, you know, I, I think I really did focus both cross-functionally and within marketing, and I continue to do it on what it what it really means to do account-based marketing. So, you know, when we were having the conversations about building the, the target account list, people were on board. It logically made sense to them. So, you know, I don't think that it was that was too hard of a jump. But where I found needing a lot of alignment and, and communication and recommunication um, is around what account-based marketing really means. So, you know, even within marketing, we'll say we'll be looking at a set of metrics and we'll have to remind ourselves again, okay, but what are our target accounts doing? Like that may be, those may be the email metrics for A, B, and C, but what are our A accounts doing? Let's focus on what they're doing. That may be the, the you know, the traffic we're getting to the website overall, but what traffic are we getting from our target account? So it's a, you know, it's a continual process of really absorbing and, and acting with that, that ABM mindset. And optimizing for those metrics. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what are the metrics that you use for account-based success, especially in enterprise where you have very long sales cycles? What are the, the indicators that you're using at the account-based level to know if something is successful or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we use very the same metrics that traditional that you know anyone doing B two B marketing not using account based marketing uses. We just look at them through the lens of our target account. Mm. So as I was mentioning, for example, on the website, you know, we we look at how much traffic is coming to the site, how much engagement we're getting on the site, how many conversions we're getting, and those are the typical web metrics that you would look at in, in any situation. But we say, instead of just saying all of the general traffic, we say, what are our target accounts? How much, how much traffic are we getting from target accounts? How are they engaging and how are they converting? And those can be very different. I have um, had an experience on a Model M, but in a previous company where we saw a significant drop in the traffic on the website, which normally in a B2C organization or in, you know, where you're not doing ABM or looking at ABM, that would be really concerning. But then when we looked at the target accounts and their engagement, the engagement from target accounts had actually doubled. And that's what we cared about. And, and it made sense even because we were focusing on trying to bring our target accounts to the website and not anybody else. So you can get real insights if you just put that ABM lens on top of the metrics we're looking at already. It, you know, when I, when I look at that, so that, that's one example of how we kind of use a, a standard KPI to put the lens on it. Right. Um, I think that the other piece of, that I've mentioned in terms of metrics is that we, we roll up into business metrics that matter outside of marketing. Um, and that, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of CSV marketing organizations are moving this way instead of talking about leads, which is mainly a marketing metric. We talk about pipelines and how much pipeline we're creating and how much pipeline we're influencing and how many close one 
deals are being either sourced by or significantly influenced by marketing. And so you're up-leveling it to a point where, again, you have that, it helps bridge that gap with sales too, where you're talking about, you know, we're measuring ourselves on what the business cares about, on what sales cares about. And, yeah. and then you look at that also, and to see that's a good validation point actually with your target account list, you can kind of get this closed loop cycle where then you can look at the pipeline you're generating and the closed one that you're bringing in and then go back and measure and say, okay, were those A or B accounts? Like, is our target account list right? Like the people who are actually buying and sort of do that vetting every, you know, it depends how often you do it, maybe every quarter, maybe every six months or every year, depending on what your sales cycle is. Right. And to be able to refine from there, like, are we actually, exactly. yeah. And it's like the two can validate each other. Like, are we actually selling to the right accounts and are yeah. our opportunities support? Yeah. Supporting our accounts. So that's exactly. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your MarTech stack and sort of what tools you're using to get visibility into these metrics, maybe beyond, you know, the core Mercado or Salesforce? Is there anything that you're you're using? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so we do use Marketo and Salesforce as our as our core systems. On top of that, for metrics, we we have a multi-touch attribution tool called Visible that we use to get a a better picture of all of the touch points in marketing. So, especially in B two B, and especially in B two B with really long sales cycles like we have, um, there are dozens upon dozens of touch points with every opportunity and with every account that that becomes close one. So we we use this multi-touch tool to be able to understand, you know, what impact as opposed to just first touch or last touch, you know, what impact are all of our channels having on generating opportunities and impacting close ones. Interesting. Do you use any tools to look at like account level engagement in marketing activities like an Engageo or something like that? You know, we don't right now. Interesting. We yeah, we have Engageo, but you know, we're not we're not currently we're not currently using it. Yeah, I mean, because it is interesting to me that even within the core technology within Marketo and Salesforce, like it is possible to operationalize a lot of this reporting just with core tech and not a lot of extra stuff. And so I'm always interested to see how companies are creating their MarTech stack to work with ABM. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the way we do it to get that, because I think, you know, the big, one of the biggest values to me from Engageo would be to get that picture of, okay, here's my account and then here are all the contact roles that I care about. And here's my heat map of where I have all of the data and whether, you know, one, where I have the data, and then two, where those, you know, if and when those folks are actually engaging with us. That would be a great visual to have in Salesforce. But, you know, in lieu of that, we do, uh, we are able to piece it together from a contact acquisition standpoint. You know, we, we do just have a big spreadsheet where we're tracking our progress on making sure all of the contract roles are filled out. We have reports in Salesforce that we use, and, and we, you know, it, it works for us for where we are today. Yeah, that's that's interesting to do it all in a spreadsheet. That's that's great. So can you talk a little bit about what challenges you might have had that you couldn't anticipate when you were building out your ABM program? Yeah, I think I think I've touched on them a little bit. I think, you know, the two that 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 really are 
still highlight to me are that the, the data is still hard. You know, that's that's one. And and I was I was actually surprised that we couldn't get all of the data that we needed from one tool. So from the uh, from like the account perspective to start with. So life sciences and high tech are 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 big industries. A lot of companies target those industries, but there's not one tool that really has robust data, up-to-date current data also for uh, that, that we could use just in one place. So we had to kind of piece together. It was a combination of EverString, Evaluate, which is a life science-specific database, as well as um, DMV Hoover's to, to kind of get all of the different pieces we needed from an account perspective. And then similar on the contact acquisition side, we had to piece together a number of different data sources in order to to, to really get all of the data that we needed. So I was thinking we would we you know that, that the data tools had come a long way, which they absolutely have, and we'd be able to do more of a single sourcing. But you know, there's still to really get the, the level of data we needed, there's still more more work to do and piecing things together. And then and then you know, like we talked about a little bit before, is the you know shifting that mindset on always thinking about our target accounts first right. and not channels and not you know because marketing teams are typically and my you know our team here is is organized functionally so everyone's thinking about their function and to, you have to really remind remind everybody to layer in target accounts as the primary and you know in addition to to the function so that that cultural shift is 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 you know always important and just an ongoing process of evolving everyone's mindset. What are some of the ways within your marketing team that you're do, you're implementing that cultural shift? Are you changing incentives or how do you continue to shift everyone from maybe like a offer-based or lead-centric model to something that's a little bit more account-based? Yeah, I mean, I think the one, like from a goal perspective, the shift that we've made there, as I mentioned, is the you know, measuring everyone on pipeline. Mm-hmm. So we know we're getting towards pipeline and then we have that, that philosophy of, get pipeline dollars, we have to engage the accounts who are most likely to become our next best customers. So therefore we need an account-based marketing approach that sort of right. implies that that ABM is important. So that's one way. And then, you know, and then it's in our our you know we do various uh, we have a, a cadence of metrics reviews. So we have a weekly metrics review, we do quarterly metrics reviews. And I have a couple different slices of the weekly reviews that I do for the executive level versus, you know, the more detailed level. And in those, we're, we, we talk about target accounts. So we're, mm-hmm. you know, again, reminding ourselves, right, here are the target accounts who are doing this on the website or in uh, our email campaigns or, right. or, or where they are. We're just calling them out in our, our ongoing cadence of metrics, and that helps keep people's mindset around that. Interesting. Okay, so last question with for you. What are you currently obsessed with in marketing, ABM, MarTech? Is there anything like new tech that you're really compelled by or interested in or want to do experiments with? Yeah, I'm so I'm I'm really interested in in tools like Drift mm, or, other, yeah. or other tools, yeah, where you can get a deeper level of digital engagement that is more that is, is personal and engaging, but still digital, so you can scale it. And I've been looking at Drift for a while, and we haven't we haven't quite gotten there yet. But I'm really interested in in trying that out, and you know, scaling and, and automating that 
content marketing or that, that conversational marketing concept. So really excited about that idea. And I, you know, overall, I, I'm I, I am really obsessed with marketing ROI and mm-hmm. making sure that we're that we are we're, we're showing what real business results we're getting out of our marketing investment. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time on that and 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 making sure that this this multi-touch attribution model that I mentioned is is rolled out. You know, we're we're using it in marketing and, and I'm in the process now of rolling it out to the larger org and getting adoption and, and understanding what it means and really showing what the impact is of marketing and, and being a, a real revenue driver and, and impact to the business. So that's constantly on my mind every day. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I love visible. So um, it, okay. it, yeah, and it's great how much how much visibility you get with a, a tool like this ball um, into what marketing is doing. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Lee, that's all I have for you today. Um, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. It was so great to talk with you, Megan. You've been listening to the flip my funnel podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.